0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Squires. Welcome to our series on At The Movies. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Colin. I'm one of the uh, assistant congregation leaders here. And uh, who here loves a good movie? Yeah, get the popcorn out, get some friends around. You know, there's someone else who I think might love a good movie uh, if, if he were here today and that would be Jesus because Jesus he used throughout the the New Testament he used stories and parables to explain concepts and uh, and understandings about who God is and about his kingdom and uh, and today we've got these these modern parables if you like these modern stories in movies and uh, and so we're going to take these different movies over the next few weeks and have some fun with them and, and let them speak to us and draw out what God wants to say to us about those same things, about who he is and his purposes. Now, of course, uh, it's a family service this morning, so we've got all ages in here. So we were going, well, what's the, what's the movie that you know would be really great to bring out what God wants to say? And, of course, the first one that sprung to mind is that 1984 family-friendly classic, The Terminator. Um, LAUGHTER The heartwarming tale of a time-travelling cyborg. Uh, But actually, no, we thought that might not be entirely appropriate. Let's take something that's a little bit more family-friendly. So all the movies coming up will be family-friendly. And don't worry, we've cut out any of the scary bits or anything like that. Um, But this movie is one of my favourites. So without further ado, please. Now, this is one of my favourites favorite movies. Obviously, it's out now at the cinema. They've done a remake. I've not quite understood how they've done a live-action remake of an animated film and then just animated it in a computer. That seems to be exactly the same thing to me. But nevertheless, it's at the movies at the moment. But this is the original. And I have fond memories of watching this film when I remember unwrapping this Christmas present from my auntie of my very first pirated VHS uh, (laughs) that she got from a pound from Barnstable Market. And uh, I never realised at the time that it was a pirate copy until years later, watching uh, the DVD, I realised that it seemed odd that you couldn't hear the person having a coughing fit during one of the scenes, and why wasn't there any canned laughter during all of the funny bits? Because you could hear, in my version, all of this going on in the cinema, where it was blatantly being filmed on a cheap camcorder. Uh, Thanks, Auntie Sheila, You know, really made me know that you valued me as your nephew. Um, But it was a great, great movie, and there's so much we can draw from it. For those who don't know the story. I want to give you a brief overview with no spoilers, although let's face it we're watching clips so this movie is going to be ruined if you have never seen it before. Um, But uh, this movie is all about our protagonist Simba, a young lion cub and his journey into adulthood where he is destined to become king over the savannah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, though, he has a very evil, cruel, nasty uncle called Scar, who doesn't want him to be king. In fact, Scar wants to be king himself. So Scar is trying to get rid of Simba and his father, Mufasa. (coughs) So in these last two scenes, we've seen that Simba... Is born with a purpose. He is born to be king. We see all these animals coming out and they're celebrating their future king. They're so excited about what God or what the father, what Mufasa has intended for his son. Uh, and here we see Simba coming to his dad and his dad showing him all of the kingdom, all the good things that he has got to give him, to pass on to him, everything that is his inheritance, everything the light touches. I don't know about you, but if that was me, I would be walking out going, the light touches this, this is for me, this is for me, this is for me. I'd probably get a flashlight and start shining on things going, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. But Simba, like maybe in reality probably many of us would be, um, he doesn't get so excited, although it's pretty cool about everything the light touches The first question he asks is, what about that shadowy dark place over there? Why? Why, when you see all of this amazing good stuff, does he go, but this bit, what's this about? Now, uh, The Lion King, if you're interested, is actually based on Shakespeare's Hamlet. But there is so much that it just parallels the Bible. I think it's really, really interesting. If you don't know the story in Genesis about God creating the world and Adam and Eve and that kind of thing, if you watch this with Genesis chapter 1 in mind, it's really interesting, the parable. You think there's a bit of plagiarism going on here, maybe. Uh, Because this is a picture of God creating Adam and Eve and saying, this is all that I've got for you, all this good stuff. I've created a kingdom for you. I've got a kingdom I want to give you. And God's message to us today is still the same. But I want to ask you, and I just want to ask you to have a chat around your tables for a moment. Why do you think you were born? What is your purpose? I'll just give you 30 seconds around your tables. What do you think? What might be your answer? Okay. Now, I don't know what answers you had around your tables, but whether you, whether you had the answer, someone's answer was maybe, well, I think maybe one too many Pinot Grigio's on my uh, parents' behalf, or whether you know I was, I, my parents really, really wanted a, a child and they had all these plans for me. or I don't know what your answer might have been, but whether or not you were considered a mistake or an accident by your parents, or you were planned. I want to tell you, every single person in this room God planned you. You were not an accident, a mistake, or unforeseen. God planned yours and my life before the foundation of the world was laid. He knew us, and he had a plan for us. As we saw, God wants to give you and me a kingdom, his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And he has a purpose for you and me that only you and I can fulfill. There's no one else that could do what God is intended for my life to fulfill in the same way that I couldn't fulfill what he's intended someone else's life to fulfill. So we have been created with purpose, but we have an enemy. It's not a very popular subject these days, but just as real as God is, the devil is real also. And the devil, unlike God, wants to steal from us, kill us, and destroy everything that God has got for us. Now, Simba in The Lion King, because it's make-believe, he doesn't have the devil, but he does have his uncle, Scar. So here we see such a common occurrence in our lives, don't we? I don't know parents, be honest... How many have ever tried this tactic on your kids of the reverse psychology that we know that so often if there's something you really want someone to do, you tell them they must never do it? Never tidy your room. I want you to never go up there and put all of your socks in the laundry basket. You must absolutely, whatever you do, please never, never de-ice the freezer. You know, like, so often, why is it that we have this sort of grass is always greener on the other side approach? It's human nature, isn't it? That we go, we've got all of this good stuff, but the devil comes in and he goes, yeah, you can have all of that. But you know the best bit, the bit that will really, like, take the cake, the bit that is better than anything else you could possibly have, is the one bit that, funnily enough, you can't have or you shouldn't have. Well, that we know isn't good for us, but he says, this is going to be the best bit of all. Has anyone anyone ever been there? Anyone ever experienced that? Yeah, I I think we've all probably been there. The Bible puts it this way. It says that we, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has gone our own way. And if you take that picture of like sheep and they've got a shepherd looking after them, they've got green pastures, they've got beautiful grass, they've got stream to go and lie down by, they've got everything that they could ever want or need. And yet we stray off looking for greener pastures elsewhere, looking for something else to fulfill. You know, I've said it before this quote from Jim Carrey, um, who, that famous actor, comedian, he said, I wish everyone could be rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so that they could know that it doesn't answer anything. But so often, don't we, we end up thinking that a bigger house or the faster car will satisfy us. Or we think that the next party or the next relationship will be the thing that gives us our sense of fulfillment and identity. Or we think one more drink, one more bet, or one more click might be the thing that scratches that itch and fulfills us. And we see Simba, he's saying to his father, he kind of doesn't quite get it. When I'm king, I can do whatever I want. For him, freedom is being able to do whatever he wants. He sings this song. We've not got the clip. But when he says, I just can't wait to be king. No one's saying do this. No one's saying do that. No one's saying stop that. No one's saying be here. Free to do it all my way. Frank Sinatra, isn't it? I I did it my way. And Simba, he thinks that true freedom is being able to do whatever he wants. And of course, Scar, he knows, he knows that the best way to get Simba into danger is to reinforce this idea, is to keep sowing that temptation of, yeah, but if you really could do anything you wanted, then this dark place wouldn't be off limits. If you really want to know what freedom is, you should be able to do anything, not be limited. So off you go. And we see immediately, he goes and gets his friend, and then off they go to the elephant graveyard. It might be a little bit, again, like Genesis 1, where Eve gets tempted by the snake and then says, hey, Adam, try this fruit, and it all goes horribly wrong. Um, but nevertheless, we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. They didn't completely rip off the Bible. Um, but what looked so exciting and so promising to Simba ended up just being full of death and decay and danger. In the film... Uh, Simba and Nala end up meeting some of Hyenas, some of Scar's henchmen if you like and they chase them throughout this elephant graveyard trying to nip at their heels trying to catch them, chase them into a corner and they're pinned down there's no escape and it looks like this could be the end but right at the last moment Simba's father Mufasa jumps in and saves them and scares off the Hyenas so Scar's plans are foiled but Next comes his most dastardly scheme yet. He knows that if this first one's failed, I've got something even more powerful, even stronger. So he lures Simba and his father into a gorge and causes a stampede of wildebeest, which is very, very dangerous. You don't want to be stuck under a herd of stampeding wildebeest. And... um, Mufasa, Simba's father, manages to save Simba, throwing him to safety. But when he himself just comes to the point where he's about to get out of the gorge, Scar throws him back down to his death. In the last clip we saw, where Simba went to the elephant graveyard, we saw him doing the one thing that his father said you must never do. The Bible calls these things that... that our Father, our Father God, says we shouldn't do, it calls that stuff sin. I think so often people have this idea that Father God calls things sin because he's a killjoy. He doesn't want us to have fun. Sin is the fun stuff, right? But it's not the case at all. In fact, it couldn't be more further from the truth. But our Father God, who loves us and wants our very best, seeks the highest good for us. His love says, these things, this, the things that I call sin, are I don't want you to do because they're so bad for you. They bring death. They bring destruction. They bring misery. Sin is what separates us from relationship with our Father God. But sin on its own, we can... The Bible says that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive forgive us our sins. Sin on its own, we can still come before God. Right now, we can come before God and say, Father... Please forgive me. And that his forgiveness, he's so good. His forgiveness is so powerful. It removes the separation and brings us back into relationship. And this is why Scar tries this next tactic. The first time Simba does something wrong, but he puts it right with his father and they, they have fun. They forgive each other. And he, his father forgives him and it's, it's okay and they move on and it's great. So Scar knows if he can remove Simba from his relationship with his father and with others... That the battle is won. So we hear these words that Scar says, Simba, what have you done? Simba, what will people think? Simba, run away. Because if he can remove him from his father, and we'll see later, obviously his father's just passed away here, but we're going to see later. The removal that Scar wants is further than just a physical one. Then he he can get Simba out of the picture forever. Now, I'd like someone to come and help me out just with a very, very simple demonstration. Anybody, you can be a little person or an older person. Yeah, do you want to come up? Well, in fact, I've got two coming. Just, yeah, come on. Do you want to tell us? Come on. Yeah, that's it. Great. Do you want to tell us your name? Joella. Hi, Joella. Joella, it's always weird when I see you because every time I think of you, you're like a baby. But you're now not a baby, you're now very big. Um, so, Joella, if you want to come over here, have you been having some popcorn today? Is it good? Which is your favourite? Uh, well, my favourite is normally just salty, but sweet salty. Did you know you are one fifth of the population like salty popcorn? Did you know that you're in the minority? Who here salty popcorn? You're all wrong. Um, but it's okay. You can, you can whatever you, you like. So um, I'm, I'm going to de- do a little demonstration with you here, where I'm going to be playing the part of the devil. So I'm going to say some things that aren't very nice, but I want you to know that they are not true, and I don't believe them for a second. Okay, so are you okay with that? You're okay to help me out? So I would like to pretend that you are on a diet. Okay, have you ever been on a diet? You shouldn't have been. You don't need to go on a diet. But let's pretend that you are on a diet, and it's a very strict diet. And now we know that really there probably most of the time isn't a problem with having a piece of popcorn. But this isn't just a picture about a diet. This is a picture about temptation and about sin. So bear with me. I'm not saying that popcorn is evil, that's wrong. But for our example, okay, you're on a diet and you mustn't eat. This is sweet popcorn, extra sugar, very bad for you. So you mustn't eat this. But if I was the devil, I might be coming along and saying, hey "Joella, have you had this popcorn? I mean, oh, that is good. This is good. Do you want to smell? Have a little sniff. Oh, oh, my goodness. This is the best popcorn I've ever had in my life. Oh, this is incredible. If you've tried this popcorn, it's not in the least bit stale. It's amazing. Go on, try Try just a little piece. Go on, have a little piece. Now, for the sake of my example, you're going to have to give in eventually, okay? Just to... Uh, so, have a little piece. Go on, help yourself. No, you have to, for the sake of the example. Otherwise, no... <laughs> Something about children and animals comes to mind. but No, really, it's okay. For the sake of the example... (laughs) Let's pretend you're not, Joella. You're someone entirely different who is easily swayed and you're going to take a piece of popcorn. (laughs) Let's just swap roles for a moment. Here we go. If you hold this, just tell me how delicious that popcorn smells. Oh, you're right. Oh, it's so good. Oh, no, what have I done? We can swap back. Thank you, Joella flawless. We can give her a round of applause, thank you. Just stay here one moment. What the devil does, he goes, try this, tempt you, tempt you, try this, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be amazing. And the moment we take a bit, he goes, how could you? What were you doing? What were you thinking? Unbelievable. You've only been dieting for a week. And you just had a piece of popcorn. Shocking. And of course, this this popcorn was a really bad idea. It was just like sticky everywhere. But... He says this stuff, and then he says these same lines to us, doesn't he? What have you done? What will people think? What will your Weight Watchers group say? (laughs) Don't tell them. Just don't. Just pretend it didn't happen. In fact, while you're at it, to make yourself feel better, just have the rest of the bag. It'll be fine. No one needs to know. And how many times have we heard those kind of lies in those words? Thank you, Joella, very much. You did a fantastic job. Let's give her a round of applause. Those kind of lies of what have you done, what will people think, run away. And this this weapon of the enemy, this tool of the enemy, is called shame. And the difference between guilt and shame is this. Guilt says, I've done something wrong. Shame says, I am wrong. Shame is something that touches our identity and how we see ourselves. Guilt might say, you stole, you you stole something, but shame would say, you are a thief. If we were to take our diet analogy, this silly picture, it's like, you didn't just eat a piece of popcorn, you are an overeater. You are a glutton, you are a failure, you are pathetic, you are a loser, you will never change. You'll never see freedom, you'll never be the way that you were intended to be. And we get this, this like label stamped across us that we wear and we look down and we see this is who I am now and we start to act out of who we think we now are labelled to be. So just like Simba runs away, he doesn't face his problems, doesn't face what's gone on, he doesn't bring it back ...to the community. He doesn't go and say, this is what's happened. Forgive me. Let's talk about it. Let's see it sorted out. He runs and he hides it and he makes it a secret. Shame is a powerful weapon. It robs us of our confidence in who we are and who we are before God. What have you done? It robs us of our relationship and our place in the community. What will they think? And it robs us of our position... And or our authority run away. In our movie, Simba runs away, and he meets these two guys, Timon and Pumbaa, a meerkat and a, and a warthog. And they themselves are outcasts. And we hear a song about Pumbaa's shame and what he experienced, and all that kind of stuff, to do with flatulence and uh, maybe um, a little bit of IBS. Um, but they themselves are outcasts. And this next very short clip sort of sums up the first conversation that they have. I say it's a very, very short clip. What did you do, kid? I, I, something terrible. I don't want to talk about it. Good. We don't want to hear about it. Now, very sadly, this has been some people's experience in the church. Now, hopefully a pastor wouldn't say, so what's, the, what's troubling you? Oh, well, I don't really want to talk about it. Great. <laughs> that saves me a job. See ya. You know, but unfortunately, shame does keep us locked down like this. And if you've ever experienced this, whether it's in the church or anywhere else, I want to ask for your forgiveness. Because I can guarantee you, God is not like that. Timon and Pumbaa are well-meaning friends who are offering advice, but they don't actually have the solution. God will never say, I don't have time for you, I don't want to listen, I don't want to hear it, or if it's terrible, please don't tell me, (laughs) oh, it's nasty, I don't want to know. God will never be like that. And hopefully the church will never be like that, either, because God's plan is to restore, is not to leave us in shame. Back to our movie, Simba ends up living with Timon and Pumbaa, and as he grows up, he learns a way to deal with his shame. You know the, the song, Akuna Matata, No Worries? But unfortunately, we see that every time anything about his father or his past comes up, it's like prodding a wound, and he's not really dealt with it. What he's living in is something called denial. Let's pretend it never happened. And he's still living with the hurt, still living with a scar that the enemy has tried to deal him. He tries to hide from his community and hide from his responsibility but when his childhood friend, Nala, comes and finds him, then we, we start to see a romance blossom, but we also start to see that there is something else going on under the surface. One of my favorite songs of all time. I love when Timon just goes, um, just starts, starts singing. This, this is fantastic. I, just, I, I love it. Um, I'm not going to sing it for you right now. Um, but um, uh, Simba sings these words, so many things to tell her but how to make her see the truth about my past, impossible. She'd turn away from me. And he's got this stuff inside him, these secrets that he can't share. He can't tell her because shame says this. If you really knew what I was like, you wouldn't love me. It makes us stay in a place where we're keeping secrets, where we're hiding what's really going on inside us because it becomes our identity that if you knew what I was really like, you couldn't love me. And Nala, meanwhile, is going like, why aren't you being the king that I know you are, the king I see inside you, the destiny that I recognize is upon your life, the call of God in our situation. Why are not you living in it? I don't understand. But it's because he's got all these secrets that he's unwilling to share. Now, how can we know if we're living with shame? Well, probably um, we find ourselves, we know we've got secrets. We'll find ourselves scared that if anyone found out those secrets about us, that we would be rejected, that we wouldn't be loved any longer. Um, We find ourselves not being open, being closed down, and finding we need to put on a front to feel like we are accepted. And maybe you've had these kind of conversations either with yourself or with other people. I don't know if you ever had those kind of conversations with yourself. Sometimes it can feel like God even has turned his back on us. He has left us, but it's never God who has left us. It is our running away, that he's right there, always ready to accept us right back. But because we run away from him, we turn away from him, we think he's not there. And we can even cry out and say, you said you'd always be there for me. Where are you? Meanwhile, he stood right behind us going, I'm here the moment you give me the chance. But Simba is just, he's got all of this going on inside of him. Um, and this is not something that's new. It's not something that's just in the Lion King. The Apostle Paul in the Bible, one of maybe the, like, the holiest, most spiritual men of all time, he said this I am so human. Sin rules me as if I were its slave. I don't understand why I act the way I do. I don't do the good that I want to do, and I do the evil that I hate. What a miserable person I am. Who will save me? And like Simba, we might not have meant for things to happen. We might not have intended the consequences that our actions have caused. We might not have even understood sin equals death. Sin equals destruction and misery. But we'll cry out, who will save me? The Apostle Paul, he answered it with this statement. He said, I thank God for his salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. The thing that brings freedom, the thing that bring that breaks shame, is meeting with our Father God. Simba lost sight of who he was and who he was called to be. But it was an encounter with his father, and listening to his, who his father said he was, that brought the breakthrough. So Simba, there's so much we could get from this, right? So first we see Simba being spoken to by Rafiki, which means friend in Swahili, who's like the Holy Spirit who comes to him and just tells him, this is who you are. You've forgotten. You're Mufasa's boy. I want to tell you, God has intended you to be his child. That's who he says you are. And in response to this, Simba comes and he meets with his father. He, and, and Mufasa says to him, you've forgotten who I am. And you've forgotten who you are. Because our identity is found, when we our identity that is whole, that is free, that is loved, that is right, made right, is only found in our Father God. He makes us right with him. And so he calls this, this deep destiny out of Simba, saying, don't let go of who I've called you to be. And so Simba, he then, you know, chatting to Rafiki, and, uh, and Rafiki says... You've you learnt from your past. It might hurt. No one is dismissing that the thing that brought the shame brought, might have brought hurt. But we can either learn from this, that going our own way, making our own choices, saying true freedom is doing whatever I want, only brings shame and misery, misery and death. We can learn from that and say, but God, I want to trust you. I want to give you my life. When I live in the purpose that you have got for me, then I know everything the light touches. All that is good, all that is right, all that is clean, all that is pure, all that is your best for me. And so Simba goes back to step in to his purpose and his calling and his destiny. And you and I, we can have that same thing. I don't know how much of this you identify with. How much of your life, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we would know, yeah, I've done wrong. I know there are things I feel guilty about, that I feel ashamed of, that I know, I feel like if I told anyone I would the deepest, darkest things in my life, I would be rejected. We can even be like that with God, that we run away from God, because if God really knew what I was like, what I thought, what I felt, then even he would reject me. That is Scar's lie. The community will reject you. It's the devil's lie. God will reject you. But the truth is that in Jesus, we can come to him and we can say, Jesus, this is the worst of me. It's the worst I've ever been, ever thought, ever done. And he says, my son, my daughter, my child, it's okay. Not because we dismiss it, but because I can deal with it. He wipes away our past. His death, just as Mufasa gave his life to save Simba, God gave his son, Jesus, to save us so that our old life could die with Jesus. Our past, our shame is dead and buried and gone. And he then says, even better, I'll give you a new life, a purpose, a destiny, a hope and a future. He says the old is gone and the new has come. Would anyone here ever thought in their life, I would like a fresh start? Because I can promise you that is exactly what you can have in Jesus. It is what he promises. After Simba met with his father, his view of himself completely changed. Shame was broken in his life and he returns home to face his uncle and he defeats him. He says to Scar, why should I believe you? All you've ever done is lie." In the same way, all the devil will ever do is lie, but God speaks the truth. God says, I've called you out of darkness, out of the elephant's graveyard, and into a marvelous light. When we keep shame in our lives, it's like we keep a lid on. And in that dark place, the devil has free reign, and it's like a dark place where mold and mildew and all the nasty things grow, and things just get worse and worse and worse. But when we let the light in, everything the light touches, darkness flees before God's light and healing comes. When we come to Jesus, we can be completely honest. We can give him everything and he gives us a new life. And we come back to all that God wants us and intended us to be. I'd like to invite you to stand right now, and we're going to take a moment to just respond to what God wants to say to us this morning. I'm going to ask that wherever you are, we just close our eyes for a minute, and I want you just to put your focus on the Father. The Bible says that there is so much rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, Just like Simba, he stepped back into his destiny and he walked up to the top of the rock and he let this roar come out of him because he knew he was restored back to where God had always intended him to be. I want to give you the opportunity for this morning to hear the roar of heaven's anthem as they celebrate a sinner coming back to Father God turning away from shame turning away from secrets and saying God I want you to not only forgive me please but take my life take all of my decisions and let me now be one who is submitted to you I give my life to you because I know that in you is only place where true life is found and if that's you I want you while your eyes are closed just to invite this is just like this first step just to talk to your father who's already ready to listen to you and you can tell him the very worst and say, "Father, would you forgive me?" You might be someone who's never prayed, never given your life to Jesus before. You might be someone who you're like a prodigal. You used to know God, but you know you've walked away. You've into shame and now you know you're trapped you need to come home or maybe you just know you you walk with God you just maybe got tangled up in something there's secrets there right now just bring them before God in the name of Jesus right now I break the power of shame about every person in this room Father I thank you that your love is greater Father I thank you that in Jesus in your death on the cross Jesus you broke the power of shame and sin and his curse and your response might be that you need to now do just like Simba did is also be restored to community not just right before your father but right in the community and especially if, if there are secrets going on in your life you might need to speak to your husband, or your wife you might need to speak to uh, your small group leader or a pastor you might want to come and speak to one of us at the, at the front here at the end but especially if you've prayed that for the first time you've never prayed that before the danger is that we come to God we get forgiven but if we don't know what it means to give our lives to him we just go back to walking in our own way and I'd love to talk to you about what it means to live a life that doesn't walk in shame any longer but a life that walks in all of God's best purpose for you thank you so much for uh, coming this morning for responding to what God has got for you Uh, I'm so excited to see all that God has for us. I know myself that shame and its secrets and all that kind of stuff, it just keeps us locked up and locked away from what God's got for us. But when we walk free with others and with God, there is nothing like it. Nice guys. Please, if you want a conversation, come and chat with me afterwards. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you.